Yeah, well, his member. Got a sweet, sweet back. <laughs> That's the, uh, what was homeboy name in the uh, Friday? Sweet Dick Willie. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, what's up, what's up, what's up? We back at it again. Once again. We on that Melvin Van Peebles vibe right now. So we're going to get into the second movie of this Melvin Van Peebles set. This one is Sweet, Sweet Backs. Badass song. The Groove Pavement. Podcast, talk show, and movie review. Where we break down the black exploitation era, the cinematic genre, the exploitation of the black culture, and experience through film and media. We'll also dive into the cast, the subgenres, the TV shows, and the music. Outside of the films, we'll view some critical signs of the time and what these stories meant then and now, from entertainment to society to economics. The Groove Pavement. Can you dig it, sweet mama? Dig it. Hey, what's up, y'all? I am Sean Strong. And I am Dakaris McLaren. And you ride in that groove pavement. Uh, like we said, we got this movie we're going to talk about, Melvin Van Peebles. We talked about him last week on his film debut of The Three Day Pass. This one, The Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. If y'all haven't seen the movie, Go check it out. But before y'all do, make sure y'all like our Facebook page, like our Instagram, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube, and be on the lookout for us on SoundCloud and all those other uh, podcast hosting sites. We'll be coming to y'all where y'all can just hear the audio real soon. And subscribe to our website. So let's get into this sweet, sweet back melvin van peebles uh it's a lot going on here this guy filmed or he basically directed co-written produced all out starred, of his pocket everything uh, i think he had five hundred thousand to make this movie well it was fifty thousand and you know because he, he funded the movie basically by himself he ran out of money he even borrowed some money from uh, uh bill cosby yeah, bill cosby loaned him fifty thousand dollars and did not charge the man interest mm shouldn't because they 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 dealt with the same uh nightlife but go ahead kind of sort of but you know so this is if if anybody knows anything about sweetback as in relation to black exploitation uh sweetback is really considered the first black exploitation film and it was an independent film and it was it made the most money as far as being, you know, financially successful in 1971, but it was also one of the most, you know, uh, uh, financially successful independent films up to that point. Mm. So um, it was historic what he did uh, with that film, and uh, he he prided himself on uh, capturing the black aesthetic, which had not been captured before. So that that's his from his point of view. From his point of view, yeah. So he he wanted to capture the black aesthetic again from his point of view, and he wanted to do that unapologetically. He didn't want to pander to anybody. He wanted to give you, you know, raw dog without a bag, basically. And that's what he actually did, uh, in a sense, raw dog. Yeah, but we'll yeah, get into that. Before that. <laughs> uh, but what pushed him to do this movie, uh, because his previous movies got uh, kind of got him a deal, so somewhat. 
He ended up going overseas, which was his first film we talked about last the, week. The Three Day Pass. The story of Three Day Pass. And, and, and then he got an opera. He parlayed that Three Day Pass into an opportunity where he was offered to direct Watermelon, Watermelon Man, which uh, starred Godfrey Cambridge. Yeah, and, and actually was this his second film. That was his second film. Which we talked about last week. Screen that size ought to only have 15-minute shows. <laughs> Get it? Small screen, small shows. He makes a sweet back, and he, you know, has a lot of alliances, you know, with the Black Panthers and stuff like that. He got some friends. He got some connects. Bill is one of his peoples. He's the, uh, you know, he's down with Earthwind and the fire. And we ain't talking Captain Planet. But uh, the way this movie was made was, um, I guess, it, you know, also kind of like a guerrilla film style because they shot in different places. A lot of the scenes were shot at night. Absolutely. Uh, he he wanted to make a revolutionary film. <laughs> and uh, a lot of a lot of what Sweetback would become would be because of the arguments that he had with uh with the with the writer uh on the watermelon man mm. so they would go back and forth he wanted to make that a black power film and uh and Rocher, which is the writer yeah. wanted to make it a satire on uh white liberalism mm -hmm. and so they fought back and forth and what sweetback did sweetback was his response to that um Watermelon Man is successful. And as a result of it being successful, I think Columbia offers him a three-picture deal. Yeah. His response is to make Sweetback. And based on the content of Sweetback, nobody wants to pick it up. So he does it independently. Mm -hmm. And doing so, you know, it has a certain type of rating, I guess, because of the the content and what what it shows, the rating dropped down to like a, a low X, if you know, kind of soft form. Because he shows shows some things. There's, there's some buttocks that you actually see. Yeah, he um he says it. It's rated X by an all white jury. Mm. Um, but you know that's that's rhetoric. But you know, it, it really does carry an X rated rating because there are a lot of there there's a difference between simulated sex scenes and unsimulated sex scenes he had a lot of unsimulated sex scenes and simulated means he uses that, assets exactly <laughs> so so when you simulate you 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 kind of imitate you know when you're unsimulated you're actually doing the real thing so the fact of the matter is he had a lot of unsimulated sex scenes mm-hmm and based on that, he could not get a lot of theaters to carry it. In fact, the the only when he debuted the movie, mm. there was only two theaters in the country that were taken. That was Detroit and Atlanta. So he only debuted in two theaters across the country. Mm. And, and you know, there's a lot of actors that that you know most of the time they want their films to be authentic, and they probably wanted to do their own stunts. So Melvin. I think well, he took it upon himself to do his own stunts. Oh, well, he wanted to do his own stunts because he couldn't afford, you know, to hire stunt people. No, I'm uh, I'm talking about oh, the well, well, you know the you know that's the other thing. But you know there were there were other big time actors that wanted to play in the movie, but the problem they had yeah. was they didn't have enough lines. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and that's another thing about this movie. You he he barely talks. Yeah, I think altogether throughout this movie, the dialogue for him was probably one paragraph. He didn't speak for probably about twenty five minutes. <laughs> he doesn't speak. And and Mario's in this movie. Yeah, but maybe this may have been his debut. Yeah, and you know. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. So um, we want to get into one of the scenes of plot of this movie. A young African man, orphan, uh, sheltered in L.A. in a brothel in the 40s. He yes. grows up. He's a grown man now. So he takes, he's taken in by these uh, motherly prostitutes. Mm-hmm. They love him. You know, I'm going to put motherly in quotes. As motherly as, you know women of the night can be and uh he grows up to be a sex performer in a whorehouse himself dun, 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 dun. Yeah. and that's how he got that name well the how he got that name um <laughs> sweet, sweet back. well when you have a sweet back um they're talking <laughs> about your sexual prowess and your um your size so he became you know his reputation preceded him his uncle's name Sweet Dick Willie. Yeah, so sweet. <laughs> so when you have a sweet, sweet back, you know, the the ladies give you props. <laughs> sweet, sweet back. Yeah. Give me a cat. <laughs> so let's get into this first scene. So there's things, that, you know, I, I kind of really wasn't feeling this movie because throughout you got, you know, the way the beginning starts and then it goes into a plot move. Which we're going to show, uh, you know, there's still racial tension, and, and it seems like it's well, pretty much, there's always going to be racial tension in black exploitation. And cops are, you know, they need somebody to arrest. You know, they're trying to fill their quota. You know I mean? So they go to the spot where everybody's at. It's kind of like Ray's boom boom room, and uh, cops talk to homeboy that they know. Yeah, Beetle. Beetle, Beetle is his boss. He's the guy that runs the uh, whorehouse that uh, Sweetback is performing. We don't know nothing about no dead man. We know that, but the commissioner doesn't. We just want to borrow one of your boys for a couple hours and take him downtown to make us look good, official-wise. Well, I mean, I'm sure we're man already. George is sick. You're our friend. We knew you'd be willing to lend a hand. <laughs> when did you people start getting so interested in black folks? Did our lives. Progress. They just need somebody to fill in the spot. And they go to his spot uh, to look for a black guy. Yeah. Random. And any black guy will do. Mm. And so why not sweep back? Sweep back. So pretty much what the cops are going to do, they, they're pretty much taking him into custody for appearances sake. Yeah. And what they plan to do with sweep back is let him go after a few days because they don't have enough evidence and then uh something else happens yeah things go awry yeah so they end up getting this guy mumu which is a a black militant yeah and i guess this also goes in part into how it has some revolutionary yeah the feel to it yeah sweet sweet back you know is forced with a decision to make um he can either remain silent ironically he he remains silent a lot (laughs) but he he can either turn his back and he tries to do that Mm. he tries to turn away 
But when he sees his fellow black man getting brutalized by the police, he decides to act. Yeah, almost 20 minutes and he still has not spoken. (laughs) He's going to speak shortly after, but he has not spoken this whole time. Uh He's only acted. And he's, this is self-directed too. And you can see the edit, he edited himself. Um, According to him, he said what he approached, he just had an idea and, you know, captured whatever he captured for that and hopefully in the editing process you get out what the best of what you put in there well Um, there's a method to his madness here see uh as i said earlier um there were other there were other actors that wanted to be in this movie because by now you know melvin has he has a reputation Mm -hmm. um and so they respect his art but the problem they had was that they didn't have enough lines and his thought was not to make himself the star, but to make the community the star. Mm. I, it probably would have been better because uh, if somebody else acted, because you're directing instead of trying to do both. He was very mechanical. He wasn't. Um, he didn't emote a lot. Well, I wasn't a fan of this movie uh not at all <laughs> it, it, i just you know but and you can also see too like we mentioned before he was overseas for a while for a couple of years so he absorbed a lot of those editing styles or, yeah. or that filmmaking style and in, into his cinema so you know from linear and in this movie he you know you see him running a lot throughout what does it mean i don't know you, you know one interview we saying <laughs> We saw a guy saying, you know, we seen a Negro run. Well, here's I watched an interview with Melvin Van Peebles talking about when he went to uh, the premiere of the movie. I don't know if he was in Detroit or in Atlanta, but when he was running, what he found when he grew up, he saw, you know, the, the black person dies or the black person is killed. He you know, he 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 wanted to kill all those tropes that he was watching as he grew up. And he recalled that uh, one of the ladies, one of the old ladies in the movie was like, uh, she was watching, she was like, please just, please just let him die. Don't, don't kill him. 
because he was he was taken aback by how uh, the lady was so fearful of him doing the running that she just wanted him to die, you know, without, you know, die on his own terms without being killed. And so pretty much what, what he what he got from that was, you know, here's somebody that took it to Whitey and now he lived and he's going to get away with it. She never expected him to live throughout the whole ordeal. Yeah, he just ran. He just ran. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't think I, I just as a filmmaker, I don't see how it's heightened up. I do in a sense. And same mm-hmm. thing with uh, Rudy Ray Moore, how they made their films, what they did to make their films, what they were pushed in order to become a filmmaker, to be a, uh, a believable black man and to do what they say they're going to do and they've actually done it by any means creative as mm-hmm. i say um and that's what i you know i see of it but other than that you know plot wise you know it just like the other movies you know there the, there's no there's not much of a story it's plot light it really is it's plot light mm-hmm. uh and and I think Forrest Gump was probably, <laughs> you know, got some ideas from the running that uh, Van Peebles done or Sweet Sweetback song. Um, that's pretty much what the movie it was just him knocking down stuff. And there's other things that happen too. Yeah, uh, knocking down stuff and knocking down females in the process. And he actually got uh, some workers comp or something like that. Yeah, so... Like I said earlier, we were talking about whether, you know, sex scenes or lovemaking scenes can be simulated, which means that you are you are uh, pretending to have sex. And then there's the unsimulated scenes where you actually are doing the deed. And uh, so Sweetback does several scenes like this. And uh, he actually got hurt on the job. (laughs) How did he get hurt on the job? Well, uh, he contracted the clap from one of his scenes, and that's old head for gonorrhea. Mm-hmm. All right, if anybody doesn't know what the clap means, it means gonorrhea. Some of y'all and still so, taking penicillin. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what he so what he was able to do, and um, it's it's um, it's brilliant because what he did was he said, you know, I did get hurt on the job. I'm going to apply to the Directors Guild for workers' compensation. And this is going to be very pivotal because he's starting to run out of money. He's doing his own stunts. He's composed the music. He's done everything, editing or whatever. He's got a loan from Bill Cosby that, you know, he he makes good on. But he's running out of money, so he takes that money. He's able to file that workers' comp claim through uh, the Director's Guild, and he's able to keep the movie going from him getting uh, hurt on the job. Not many folks have done that in that yeah. way. So, yeah. I just want to know who he caught it from, and you know, did did she get compensation as well? That's that's going to be. Hopefully, we can interview him one day and, and find out. Yeah, and the other outrageous thing is that his son is actually in the movie in the very beginning. Yeah, at a very young age, he's he's the the child that gets raped in the brothel. Uh huh. That's, that's Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, and and, and the, you know. That's where he takes off that hat, and his dad puts on that hat and 
takes off where he left where he left off. And I would love to ask him how he got around because I think Mario was only about twelve or thirteen at the yeah, time, yeah, and he looks 12. he looks as much twelve or thirteen. So um, I I don't know if I would put my son in that position. I and, really don't. And the other thing too, like you know, when the seventies was really big on X-rated filmmaking, that's where it was really booming uh, all across the globe. But the other things too is like for black exploitation, you know, all these movies and black films, you got black families and stuff. Yeah. Black families ain't sitting together watching this movie. Oh no. And no one really saw this movie at first. Again, yeah. this movie opened in Detroit and Atlanta. It was only two theaters that mm-hmm. it started off in. So, you know, the 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 finances coming in or the proceeds coming from, you know, the movie at the outset mm-hmm. are very meager at the beginning. Um, it only picks up steam when uh, it's a gentleman named Huey Newton. Huey P. Gets, uh, gets wind of the film and he watches it and he makes it, he, he's high on this movie. And in fact, he makes it required watching for people that come into the Panthers. Mm. And that's how this movie takes off independently. Yeah. And the other thing that we mentioned or that you mentioned is how he pushed the movie out. He used a different tactic. And strategy with the with the music. Oh yes, how he's he's groundbreaking in this sense. Uh, whatever you may think about uh, Melvin Van Peebles' art, and you know uh, people have some very strong opinions on it, mm-hmm. uh, but he used the soundtrack or the movie score uh, to to advertise the uh, the movie. And that's a great strategy to to use in promotion. Yeah. And he uses a starving group by the name of Earth, Wind and Fire to perform the music that he composes. They were starving artists. Mm-hmm. He knew them and he took advantage of, you know, that that tactic. The reason why that's so significant is, is that soundtracks for black exploitation are going to be a staple. They're, the they, they're the really going to drive the plot. They're really going to they, they're going to properly layer. They're going to provide the soul and the rhythm of the whole black exploitation era. So Melvin Van Peebles is responsible for how movies in general are marketed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, the music, the soundtrack is uh, very essential in black exploitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in every essence, because you know, you get certain scenes and you get funk in those scenes yes. in itself. And then when you get the soundtrack, you're also going to hear, you know, other songs that are probably not, you probably wouldn't hear in the movie, but they'll probably be hits in itself. Yes. And and that pushes us as superstars too and singers and producers, whether it's the uh, Mayfields, uh Willie Hutch. <laughs> Willie Hutch and them. So so it's it's a lot that goes on with the with the music. That's and that's just part of our DNA. Yeah. The music and the, the, the rhythm as you say. Yeah, we are rhythmic people, so we even even how we walk, you can put some music to it. Yeah, so and, and I think we mentioned before the difference between a soundtrack and, and a score and, and the score. So it, it's it's just really groovy how we just did everything, you know, the dancing, the the styling, the look and feel. So you know, black exploitation is is definitely not getting us due in this. We're hoping that we actually hold it up and uh, talking about these uh, this this particular 
filmic cinematic era and mm. and the movies and directors so but this movie in itself has a lot going on melvin van melvin van peebles is is a unique director out of all of them there and mm. i think I, I mentioned before i think tyler perry comes from that type of root of melvin van peebles by doing things just, in this style and and everything it's just doing everything yeah you know to the writing the directing um, yeah. So, throughout this movie, he actually just continues to run. Um, <laughs> he runs, he actually gets away, just goes through some troubles. He uses on, sword, he gets out of trouble. Yeah, every every situation where he could be captured, uh, Sweetback always reverts back to what he knows. And so... And so the the revolutionary weapon, believe it or not, that he uses throughout the movie, is is not a gun, it's not organizing, it's his member, and that's going to cause the 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 content of the movie, uh, what it proposes to be to or what it claims to be doing, is going to be very polarizing for I, the I, public to say the least. Yeah, I'm you know. For people to, you know, well, they watch it because you got to go through that first part to watch a movie. Yeah. The first five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know. Hard jarring, to say the least. Yes. Yeah, so, and, you know, as as they holding up to be, to be a staple, you know, it's supposedly critically, critical acclaim. Well, the 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 reason the, the reason why they hold it up is you know when an independent film generates the amount of money that it does, yeah, um, it, it it almost lends itself to being credible. All right, so the credibility comes along with the with the finance. Yeah, and that, and that's why I kind of uh, threw in uh, Rudy Maymore, Rudy May, Rudy Ray Moore, and Dolomite, and what he did with his movies uh, for that to become. The cult classic that it did there's other movies as well mm-hmm. uh even later you know the blair witch thing uh fruitville station yes was made with very little movie uh very little money funding and grossed a lot um but yeah but sure. still the director himself you know his 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 vision is his own you know i don't i, I saw all the black filmmakers and directors He's not in my top five. So, I. so uh, <laughs> again, we were talking about the black aesthetic as as Melvin Van Peebles had saw it. All right, um, and and consequently, the movie wasn't warmly received by black intellectual society. There's a guy by the name of Lerone Bennett who uh, Lerone Bennett Jr. Hmm. who was a historian, you know, um, social commentator. Uh, he used to write for Ebony Magazine. And back then, Ebony Magazine was the voice of the black bourgeois. All right. And he wrote a he wrote an article called Emancipation Orgasm, Sweet Back in Wonderland. And to say the least, if you can go, you can find that article on the Internet. It's a very scathing article. And in substance, what he says is that Sweet Back is not a black film, nor is it revolutionary. And he also went on to say that uh, if a black man uh, could screw his way to freedom, we would have had it already. Mm. So it was not well received. Uh, like critically, 
you know, white the white critics they slammed the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, black people uh, they didn't they didn't embrace the movie, but they 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 contextualized their criticism a little more than the white community. But overall, nobody was talking about this movie at first as is uh, being a masterpiece. I think that's a little bit of a revisionist type of history to to say it was a masterpiece, but it is groundbreaking. You can't take that away from him based on what it was able to generate and based on uh, it sets the format of the era. It really does. So whether you like his art or not, he's a trailblazer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least we got a black person making a film. Right? Uh, so yeah, um, there's not even not even no more scenes that I don't want to pull out. Yeah, but um, you can't use. You, there's hardly any scenes that you can use because I mean uh, a lot of them are pornographic. One. Yeah. And you know, two. It's it's just a lot of him running. So yeah, uh, he lost a lot of weight in this film. <laughs> um. So if y'all want, go check this movie out. If you have it, tell somebody else that you had it. <laughs> I don't know if you want to have a watch party for it. No, but you it, can't. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be a, a collector's item in a couple more years. It is. You know? So, Melvin Van Peebles, 1970. 71. It's 1971. He directed. He wrote it. Wrote it. Directed it. Edited, edited it. Produced it. Wrote the money. music to it, composed the music. He did his own stunts. Yep, <laughs> in all ways, shape, and form. Yep, he ran. He, he did. He, he ran did a his, lot. He did his own stunts with stunts. I believe he wrote. You know, <laughs> he wrote his lines while he was running. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, this is uh, Melvin Van Peebles' "Sweet Sweet Back," badass song. His third. Yes, his third, third film. film. You know, we first talked about story of a three-day pass and then we talked about the watermelon man mm-hmm. so check it out and uh let us know what you think if you saw the movie uh if you saw what your parents let us know what, what went down after yeah. y'all watched it yeah and what type of cereal you ate after you done <laughs> finished watching the film yeah i would be i'd be thrilled to know what people think of this movie yeah and or uh you know uh, the stuff that happened to having your son in the movie yeah, playing those types of parts and those types of stunts at a very young age. Yeah, um, and also, what do you think of the filmmaking process? You know, did you what you thought of the plot and in the story of it? So let us know on our Facebook page or on our YouTube page. If you subscribe, you will actually know when it's going down. The next points of or the next uh, episodes that we're doing. And follow us on Instagram. Let us know what you think on there. So we like to, we definitely like to hear what you guys think of us and these movies. Uh, so hit us up. This was Mario Van Peebles' third film, Sweet Sweetback, badass <laughs> song. And I'm Sweetback Sean, <laughs> with, along with Sweetback <laughs> Carius. And we got Sweet Sweetback Duke over here on the switchboard. Real groovy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it folks we're gonna see y'all next week and i think next week we're gonna be uh cotton comes in harlem or something like that we're gonna get into a new realm of some some action some real action we're yeah. gonna start getting real funky in the 70s yeah all right so we'll see y'all soon 
Right on. The Groove Pavement. Podcast, talk show, and movie review. Where we break down the black exploitation era, the cinematic genre, the exploitation of the black culture, and experience through film and media. We'll also dive into the cast, the subgenres, the TV shows, and the music. Outside of the films, we'll view some critical signs of the time and what these stories meant then and now, from entertainment to society to economics. The Groove Pavement. Can you dig it, sweet mama? I can dig it.